Do you have bloating and constipation you just cannot get rid of? Have you ever wondered what it's like to work with a functional health practitioner? Have you ever wished you could be a fly on the wall and listen in to calls that I have with my clients in the Foundations program? On today's episode, you can listen in to my conversation with my client T as we have her results call. The results call is the height of the Foundations program where I meet with clients after they've done all their labs to discuss their results with them, what their lab results mean, and what they're going to do about it in clearly defined steps. If you like being nosy or want to hear what's causing this client's bloating and constipation, or if you want to hear how she's going to naturally relieve her constipation, then this episode episode is for you. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunked myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any what changes I like to, start to your with health. Tea. Uh, when we jumped on the call, what what was the first thing that you just said to me <laughs> about the call? I'm nervous. <laughs> and why I'm were nervous. you nervous? Because I looked at my results and I saw a lot of things in the red and I attempted to be my own interpreter of my results. <laughs> right, right, right. We like both want to and don't want to see the things in the red. You're like, please, something should be wrong so I can deal with it. And then you're like, no, not that one. I don't know what it is. I know, I know. Yeah, well, that is what today's call is all for. So today in this call, which is your results call in the foundations program, what we're going to be doing is we're going to split it up into talking about what your lab results are, what they mean, and then what we're going to do about it. And then we'll have the end of the conversation be any questions you have. Um, there will be some time for questions intermittently throughout it. Um, but at the end, it'll be a great time for any anything we don't catch. We'll, we'll schedule some of your next appointments or next coaching calls moving forward. And then we'll be done with the call. And you'll have this recording that you can review at any time. So I have, the other thing we're going to be doing is I'm actually going to be screen sharing for a lot of this. So you'll see your lab results T and the lab, and then some documents that I have. So we should be able to stay on the same page and hopefully it create, will create uh, something that's less overwhelming. Sounds good. I am your personal guide today. All right. So tell me if you see a screen with your GI map on the left and on the right your lab report of findings. Yes. I see. Awesome. So, and before we jump in to all the documents, 
So on the left, you'll see, well, that'll always be where you'll end up seeing the four labs that we did. And I'll go through them. That's where we'll be going through those. And then on the right, we're going to flip through different, different documents that I put into your client portal. And so the lab report of findings is the big summary document where it's just has both as little or as much detail as you want on your labs. And I'm going to talk you through at least what I would verbally highlight from all of it. But sometimes people, when they jump the calls, they want to know a lot about this and that and symptoms and stuff. And, you know, you can't write, you can't write fast enough for things I would tell you. So a lot of it's written. If you never read it, you'll probably be fine. But if you're like nerdy and want to know something, it'll be on there. And then all the other documents other than your lab report of findings, you'll see them numbered here, one, two, three, four, five. And the last one isn't numbered, but that's because we don't know when you'll start it. Um, but these are your protocols in the order you'll start them. So you'll end up doing all of them at the same time, but you're kind of going to layer them in. And so for me to guide you on what to do first and what to focus on, that's why they're numbered. But first, we're going to go check out the lab report of findings. So the first thing you're going to see here is a chart where we have each test you did, the OGM app, Zoomer, and HTMA, and then a couple different categories. So hormones, neurotransmitters, pathogens, immunity, toxins, nutrient deficiencies, all of that is on the other side. And then any lab result that you got in that test that correlates with one of those categories, I wrote what the result was. So for the organic acids test, your HVA VMA ratio was almost two to one. We'll talk about what that means. And then recommendations, which right there, I say it's a sign of a pathogen called C. diff. And so I'm going to recommend doing a C. diff protocol. And that's when you could go over and see, oh, here's a C. diff protocol in your, in your client portal. So sound good. That'll be one way you can go back and be like, why am I doing this thing? <laughs> What did Allison say? And this should hopefully be a better map. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that help things seem a little bit yes, as crazy? That's, that's much better than what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've tried, this is maybe not the best way someone can do it, but this is probably the better, better than like no documents at all, because that used to also really confuse people. So mm -hmm. um the other thing I'll note, and when you scroll down this lab report of findings, there's a lot of scrolling you can do. We have just listed different pathogens that were found on it. And you can read again, as much or as little as you want to, but I'm going to verbally talk you through things. Um, not, I'm not going to read all of this, but uh, if you ever want to go back, a lot of the same information's on here. All right. So for your GA map, the first page, you had something pop up called enterohemorrhagic E. coli. And whenever we see this, especially these bacterial pathogens on the first page of the GI map, a lot of them, we call them self-limiting. So they come into the body and the body gets rid of them in 24 hours. Now, one of the things that I, I always like to keep in mind for a lot of these results is, did you, how did you feel that day? Did you feel worse by any chance, um, like more loose stool, more bloating? Sometimes we can like eat bad food or have gone to a restaurant the day before. And then you're, you're like, yeah, actually I didn't feel that great that day. Do you remember? I do. I think I remember slightly. I, I do recall going out to eat a few times that week prior to testing. Mm -hmm. Um, I had normal bowel movement that day, which was a, a miracle first <laughs> off. <laughs> it might've been the E. coli, not to be weird, but because yeah. it tends to create diarrhea, but if you tend to, towards constipation, it might've made you, your body's like, we need to get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, definitely something I noticed that day as well, but mood wise, I felt fine. I recall for this as well. 
So anytime I see E. coli here like that, the main thing is, is we want to make sure you're not getting repeated exposure. So a lot of times there'd be the old food in the fridge or, um, you know, uncooked food, food that's not cooked enough. So those would be, if you're getting repeated exposures, that would be really irritating to the gut lining. Otherwise on this first page, there's nothing to say. I mean, there's no other results that came up, but even this E. coli, um, it's red, it says hi, that's pretty common. It's pretty, it's pretty short-lived. So the next page we have H. pylori. So you do have H. pylori. It is not high, right? It's not red, but in a functional medicine perspective and, and with most clients that I work with, you, I don't know if you, have you ever heard me say this before on a podcast that you, it doesn't matter if it's not high, um, you have symptoms, you don't feel well, you're not pooping, you're bloated. A lot of times H. pylori comes together with low stomach acid, and we don't want to throw stomach acid into your body to try and build it back up until we, until H. pylori is gone. Cause there's a chance it would become high if we started doing stuff that, that enhanced your stomach flora essentially. So, um, you were nodding when I said that just now, were you, were you like, Oh, I thought so. Or yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what made you think that you had it just 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 intuition yeah it was something about I mean all the rest said na and then that one had something yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh okay and after listening to a few of your podcasts it seemed like it was a very common thing yeah mm -hmm. I was like yeah I'm, I'm probably definitely in that group as yeah. well yeah yeah, it's really common. It's it's really really common in uh, it's about thirty five percent of people in the U S have it, and then in like around the world, especially developing countries, it can be as high as eighty five percent of that population will have it. Um, but and and the thing, the reason that it's it one of the reasons it's so prevalent is that not everyone who has it has symptoms, and so doctors are not trying to like eradicate it by any means. Not like polio, where you're like, wow, that's really bad. We should get rid of that. Um, <laughs> But it can, you can end up having a bad relationship with it and we want to get rid of it. You weren't, you weren't someone who had a H. pylori test with like a doctor prior, right? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do an H. pylori protocol, but, um, once it's gotten rid of, we can start working on boosting your stomach acid and speaking of which, let me look at your baking soda test results. I'm sure you remember what they are, but I do indeed. What were they? Was it horrible? It's like, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. One day yeah. you did okay, but the other other two days not so great. Ten minutes. It was like beyond ten. I would I didn't even know what I should put after ten minutes. You're it like just, just ten minutes. <laughs> I just never burped after that. Fail. Yeah, 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 yes. And this is good. I mean, again, if you get somebody who's just saying, "Oh, I should have high stomach acid. I'm going to start giving myself hydrochloric acid and zinc because I heard zinc is a part of it." That's a really good practice as long as you don't have H. pylori. So the great news is, is we did the test. We can move forward knowing we're not going to zap you horribly. Now, the next section, this is going to be um, your healthy bacteria. And some of them are, honestly, you have a lot that are nice in the middle. You have one that's overgrown, one that's kind of starving, and another one that's kind of um, undergrowing. And this is pretty common anytime you see other pathogens in the body. You have H. pylori. That's not the end of the story for you. So we're going to talk about what else is going on. But um, we don't need to do any specific protocols specific to the bacteria, like something unique to these guys, because doing the H. pylori protocol, doing the digestion protocol, doing all these other things that's going to build up your vitality and get rid of the bullies that are the pathogens in your body, your healthy civilian flora will start to rebalance themselves. And so, um, 
we don't need to do anything there, but just know every that now we know what's going on and it could be really different if they were all super low or all super high, but Mm -hmm. we have a good feeling for what's going on. Your next section is the unhealthy bacteria. And you do have a chunk of them that are um, bad bacteria. We all have bad bacteria, but we want to be in, in balance with them. And there are some that are overgrowing. They're like, haha. again, pretty common with other pathogens. They're like, you know, it's kind of like, there's a little bit of chaos going in. And then of course they're like, we're going to rise up too. Because yeah. bacteria, they, these bacteria, they're pretty low in the totem pole of, in terms of strength of what's going on. And you'll be able to see um, right here in your lab report of findings, I put H. pylori in bacterial imbalance, which is what we found on the GI map test. All right. And I will say the other, the last thing we found, this, the second other pathogen we found, it was very hidden. We'll get to it in your oat test, but um, you've pretty, like, I've never seen people with these signs who like don't have what's going on, but I think it's just so great that we did do the oat test that you're working with someone who has awareness of what those things are. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm thinking for anybody who's listening to this, that you're like, I've dealt with H. pylori before bacterial imbalance. If you've, especially like bacteria or candida, which you don't have, but candida, um, if you have these things, you want someone who can find something more, more or less extreme going on, you know? So that was so shocking to me to realize that too, with the candida, mm-hmm. I, I swore I had candida overgrowth. Right. And what made you think that? Um, the bloating, um, the inability to digest, I guess what leads to bloating. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like this coating on my tongue and I thought that was overgrowth of mm-hmm. candida. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I had all of the signs of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is some signs, but H. pylori can also create a lot of those things because it's lowering the stomach acid. You're not digesting food as well. Um, you're having, you know, imbalance in just your whole digestive experience. Um, so you'll get bloating, the microbiome's imbalanced, and then the white coating on the tongue, I'm still suspicious. I, I still think it's a little out and we're, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to your oat. Let's not, yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting. Um, candida isn't, if, if it's a problem you have, it didn't show up on the test, but we'll talk about why. We'll get to all of this. We'll get to all of this. Um, by the way, I gave you like a, I was just curious. I gave you a um, herbal toothpaste that helps balance the oral microbiome. Has that, have you noticed that make any difference? I know we haven't gotten um, to anything else. It was just while we waited for the lab results. I have been using it. It has, it felt like it's been cleaning my mouth really well. Yeah. And I feel like I still get that like yeah. instantly comes back. Yes. Right yeah, after yeah. I brush my teeth, which is, it's, yeah. it's very annoying. Yeah. 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 Let's get rid of H. pylori. See what happens. Okay. Let's start <laughs> digesting better. All right. So on your last page of the GM app, well, also to make a note, you don't have any parasites that showed up. Boop, boop, boop. Thank God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we like want and don't want pathogens. I know. Um, all right. So in your last section, it's called intestinal health markers. This marker steatocrit is a measure of fat in the stool. It's low. So it means for however much fat you're eating, you are digesting it well enough that it's not showing up in your stool. Now it doesn't mean that maybe you're not even eating that much fat, but however much you're eating, your, your digestion can keep up with it. And then elastase is a marker for pancreatic enzymes and you actually are low. So that would also really impact your ability to fully digest food. So for that, I'm going to recommend temporarily, we're going to 
augment some of your digestion with something called Digestion GB. And that supplement has no stomach acid in it. So you're going to improve how much you're digesting stuff without potentially irritating the H. pylori. And then once you're done with the H. pylori, we'll actually give you some hydrochloric acid um, to be taking in a pill form. Um, so that's your elastase. And typically I see this lower with just general inflammation in the body, but sometimes visceral restrictions because pancreatic enzymes come through something called the common bile duct and the small intestine, a, a certain chunk of the small intestine called the duodenum. And I've actually worked with clients in my office who have really improved results of digesting after we work with those um, two things, because sometimes the pancreas is making the juice, essentially the digestive enzymes, but it can't get to the small intestines. If mm. like, there's kind of a cramping, um, of, of those things, you haven't had any abdominal surgery. Have you like gallbladder babies, things like that. <laughs> um, and that doesn't have to be the case, but, uh, I actually might have, I just realized did I recommend, did I leave in the recommendation to get see visceral manipulation practitioner? I actually did that. Did you, um, did you? I did. Is that when they, just to make sure I know exactly what I did. Right. <laughs> Is that when they kind of very physically and manually move your intestine area around? Yeah. I mean, the, that would be forcefully-ish. That's so funny. Um, there are, there are more than one, there are more than one modalities that, or there is more than one, I don't know, uh, English, but modalities that work with the abdomen, right? I've seen, there's like a Chinese thing. I don't remember what it's called. Um, you know, there's different things. So you might've gotten somebody who did something with your abdomen forcefully makes it sound like it might not be visceral manipulation. Um, it, it's, it's not like we're not doing trigger point therapy or deep tissue in your abdomen. So I don't know if that was what that person was doing um, or thought they were doing. Um, and, yeah. and clearly you had someone touch your belly. Was it visceral manipulation? Actually, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was would be something you could just wait to deal with the inflammation and see if digestion generally improves and even getting one or two um, appointments of visceral manipulation. would be interesting if they ended up working there. Um, your next markers are, are good. One's called beta glucuronidase and one's called occult blood, no blood in your stool, uh, secretory IgA. So this one is, this one is one of the ones that make me go, Hmm, especially when I look at your organic acid test. So it's low, which means your immune system in your gut. That's what secretory IgA. It's the immune system in the gut. It is, it's weak. It's low. Some, some you could say it's suppressed, but it suggests like something suppressing it. We don't know why it's low. But one of the most common reasons that I am seeing people getting it is because of mold. Now we did the organic acids test, which is the, the test I do do for mold. And you didn't get any markers that were like screaming high elevated for mold, but your whole organic acids test was really subdued. I could tell that none of your markers got really, really high. And even like, even when I saw some markers did not look so great and it made me wonder if maybe you're not detoxing super well. So some of the, it would have, it would impact how many, how, how many of these molecules you're, is coming out in your urine essentially. Mm -hmm. So that is something just that we do see. We know it happens. We know that people will not 
pee out the the markers we're looking for, even if it's in the body, they can't detox it. And that's like a kidney and a liver thing, which is things we work on here. But um, it just made me, I will say that I don't feel like it's conclusive that you don't have mold, partly because I of this low secretory IgA. The other option is maybe it's low just from plain old leaky gut. And another option is it's it's low just from the pathogen we did find in the oat, the organic acid test. That's not mold, but it's something else. So, but I haven't ever seen IgA that low with just this other pathogen, um, mm-hmm. C. diff, which I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I will recommend is retesting the organic acids test in like three to six months when you you've dealt with H. pylori, you're digesting better, you've been detoxing for longer, your body's going to be stronger. And a lot of times when you do an oat test the second time, after doing some healing, you get more clear results. We could also, if you're like, I don't want to do that test again, I didn't get anything. We could do something called a mycotox. They're the same price. So we can discuss that in three months when we've been working and, and, and there's like some more clear, like how you doing? And we'll look at your symptoms. We'll we'll evaluate your whole case to decide uh, what might be the best, most most productive move for us to make. And then uh, everything else on the sheet here is low. Any questions here for the GI map? No, makes sense or, so far. And by when I say low, I mean normal. I guess yeah, I figured. Listeners. I, was I just, can't see anything. I was visually <laughs> interpreting green as a good sign. They're green. Yay. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on. So here's your organic acids test. And uh, for most of the tests, we, if you're above this line over here, that means bad. And you'll notice on this first page, nothing is above that line. However, there's a couple markers that are somewhat elevated compared to the rest. Ideally, we want all the markers, especially on this first page, this is not true for the whole test, to be on the far left side. And you'll see a bunch of them are on the far left. But then there are some that are in the middle like these guys. So arabinose, that's one of them. That's a marker for candida. Now, if, if I wasn't suspicious that you weren't detoxing markers super well, I would think, oh, you don't have candida. And I already said you don't, but what I think you is probably a bigger problem for you. See how this one, this last one in the row, um, tricarbolylic is even higher than arabinose. That's a marker for mold and it's relative to everything else here. It's high. And again, I still think you're not you're not excreting super well, partly because having a low secretory IgA doesn't happen for any reason. There's a lot of inflammation going on at that point. Um, you do have a marker that's elevated for just a bacterial marker, and that just means that there's bacterial imbalance, which we already know. And then a marker here for clostridium that is elevated. See that 8.9. So these are the ones that I was looking at. And then what I did is I paired this elevated clostridia because you're like, this, this is C. diff that I mentioned. And C. diff also makes another marker go crazy. I'm just going to skip right to it. This one right here. This is the HVA VMA ratio. And not to make it sound weird, but see how it says dopamine right here in orange underneath it for Mm -hmm. HVA and VMA has norepinephrine. Are you familiar? Have you heard those words before? Dopamine? Epinephrine? That's Yay. concerning that it's low. It's my oh, don't. Low. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not inherent. They're not each low. Their ratio to each other is oh. not ideal. And they, and you're right. They're, they're, they're a little low on the chart, but it's not like, oh, you're, you're bottomed out. What we care more about right now is the ratio. Um, so the ratio, we ideally want to have a one-to-one ratio of these in, in your urine markers. 
Um, so dopamine and norepinephrine, they are neurotransmitters in your brain. And when your brain converts them and processes them and what we say metabolizes them, we end up peeing out these markers that are not specifically dopamine, but it's, it's kind of a digested form of it. And then we peed out. That is what we're measuring. And you have a two to one ratio and clostridia or C diff does something. I'm going to get nerdy on you real quick. It, it blocks an enzyme that allows your body to convert dopamine to norepinephrine. And then you'll get this off balance ratio. What's really interesting is when you get that blocked um, ratio, you're going to get a bunch of symptoms that can be related to being dope, having too much dopamine and having too little norepinephrine. And I'm actually scrolling. Um, so see this little list, these are all, so weight gain or difficulty losing weight, fatigue, lack of get up and go difficulty, focusing anxiety and sadness or weepiness. Do you have much of this going on? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That's my life. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so that could be, you know, your neurotransmitters are being affected, but it's not because you're not working out, you know, the fatigue or the weight gains, not like you're not working out hard enough or the anxiety isn't, you don't have enough, you know, counseling or breath work or meditation. Like those can all be really nice things. Working out's great. So is counseling. But sometimes if you have C. diff, it's really going to really be not in your favor for how you're feeling. So this was a marker that like, it doesn't go up on its own that it's 1.7 where that it's just way too high. And that's why I'm like, wow, I would really expect this marker to this for clostridia to be a lot higher. And that it's not tells me just how little you're excreting possibly of your markers all, all around for the whole, whole lab. Mm -hmm. Um, so all that being said, you have a lot to gain. There's a huge healing opportunity for you in detoxing. Have you started the liver detox protocol that I shared? I think I shared. I, it. Yeah, I would have shared. Yeah, it I did. I take the. Um, I don't remember recall the names of them, but that's okay. The liquid one. The liquid. And there's a capsule. Yep, glutathione and, and they're liver both nutrients. Pretty much gone after this week. They'll be gone. Great, great, good job. Have you noticed anything like uh, your pee smells weird when you take them? It's a great question. I have noticed that actually. I thought it was just because I eat, um, uh, what's that called? Asparagus. Asparagus. Yes. Yeah. Cause it smells, <laughs> everyone says it smells like asparagus. It's like an ammonia smell. Yeah. Okay. Hey friend, I hope you're enjoying this episode with my client T. Did you know that you can work with me just like T and find the true cause of your bloating and constipation? The Foundations program is my signature one-to-one -one program where I work with you for six months with functional lab testing you can do at home and one-to-one -one coaching to help you find and eliminate the causes of your constipation, bloating, brain fog, and more. Just head over to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist to join my waitlist, the only place where I share when I have openings to work with me. MPS enrollment is opening in early July, so join today. Again, go to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist or click the link in the show notes. Now, back to our podcast episode. So, uh, yeah, nope, that's the liver nutrients. It means it's starting to clear. It's, it's doing its job. I will tell you what's fun and I don't know how long it'll take, but when your liver is like doing a lot better, that smell will go away. Like when I take liver nutrients, I don't get the smell unless I had alcohol recently. Okay. So because since that is running out, shall I continue this liver protocol throughout yep. the other protocols? Okay. Yes. Yep. Liver protocols, like your base level. We start with the liver. 
And for anyone listening, I actually give my liver protocol for free just because I've literally had some people, like I have had clients come to my office and all they need is liver protocol and fixes them. Now, um, I can usually spot those people from a mile away because of their symptoms, um, like history. And if, if that's all you needed, if I thought that's all you needed, I wouldn't have done this. And clearly you need more. It hasn't gotten rid of all your problems, but it is making your pee smell weird, which is what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yep. So you'll continue with that. Let's go back. So there's your HVA VMA ratio and clostridia. Let's also, I'd love to just pop in and show you some symptoms of C. diff here. So increased and unexplained anxiety, diarrhea, which is interesting. You don't have it, but that's also because it's like low grade. Um, but some people I've had clients who struggle with like going from constipation to diarrhea and sometimes they have C. diff, abdominal pain, cramping, inflammation, leaky gut, food sensitivities, joint pain, brain fog, poor memory, ADD, depression, low energy, unwanted or unexplained weight gain, hormone imbalance, PMS and liver dysfunction. So like yes. skin issues, sinus issues, et cetera. Yes all of the above. And brain fog was one of your top five symptoms that you had listed when we started working together. So it's kind of good. That's what you want to see when you, when you go through this, you don't want to just follow a lab sheet. You actually want to see, say you you want to kind of be, be critical thinking. I don't want to go through this and you have no problems. No, actually (laughs) seeing signs that there's like other small things going on. Um, I mean, they're really small because you're not excreting super well. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Your second page, the main thing on here really was this HVA VMA ratio. There's nothing else on here I'm going to have you do anything about. Um, yeah, same with the third page for the organic acids test. I will let you, almost everyone notices the vitamin C being like red and low. Vitamin C is super water soluble and it will come in and out of our body really fast. So if you had an orange like a couple hours within taking this, this sample, it would have been like sky high. And then pretty much all the other rest of the time, it's looks like it's in the pits. And I don't know why they have this marker on here. I'm sure there's some reason, but I never, it's, it's, I don't use it for anything because it always looks normal that it kind of fluctuates. It's normal that that it's, okay. Yeah. It's like a dramatic mineral on this test. Got it. (laughs) Anyways. So, um, this page, nothing, nothing to do here. And then the last page here, I just want to point out this, this last marker, it says that it's, it can be elevated with aspartame, salicylates, or GI bacteria. And I want to, do you, do you eat or drink any foods that are like diet, low sugar, you know, whether that's diet Coke or artificially sweetened? No, the only time I have artificial sugar is maybe monk fruit. Right. Yeah. You're trying to still technically considered, um, my protein powder and protein bars. Do you know if they use aspartame or those, uh, those would all be like monk fruit, stevia. Yeah. Most likely those two. Okay. Um, cause that's sometimes a reason this can be elevated, but you know how we're running with this whole thing of a lot of these things aren't as elevated as I'd expect them to be. And you can see how much more elevated this is compared to everything else. Um, there's a chance you're sensitive to foods that are high in salicylates, um, I'm not going to have you do a low salicylate diet yet, but I'm going to keep that in mind that if this does go high on your next test, if we redid this test specifically, um, and this is elevated or more elevated, we might end up doing a low salicylate diet for you. That would be temporary until your body, um, improves and how well it digests those foods. But, um, I'm just want to point that out 
we're not going to do it now, but it might, might be some, some, a strategy we end up using. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the one other thing on here, you can actually see, uh, aspirin has salicylates in it. Do you take aspirin much? No, I did a lot when I was younger for cramps. Okay. Okay. And remind me, you are on a birth control right now? No. No. Okay. No, that you're right. I wonder, I was just trying to remember why we did the Dutch or we didn't do the Dutch. Um, I think it's because you have actually like a really nice, do you, do you have a, you don't have problems with your period now? No, no, I don't now, which is fantastic. But when I was younger, it was incredibly awful. Um, Really bad cramps, really heavy flow, but now it's just normal five day period. Um, Okay. Just so you know, yeah, yeah. As we as we go through these protocols, you, there's a decent chance your period will change. I don't know how it'll change. Every okay. person's different. Um, but what we're doing is we're stirring up things in your body, both like the pathogens and we're helping you detox. And your body will just know. Like detoxing is work for the body. It's not like a homeostatic. We're trying to get it to a better place, but it is, it's hard work. And so sometimes you'll get periods that you skip, a period might get worse. It might get lighter. It might be more crampy. It might be really, really, really light and not last very long. Those are all super normal in terms of we wait a couple cycles and then see if it improves again. So literally just happened to another client of mine, which is why I mentioned it right now. Um, she had about two, she had two, one period that was really painful, like really a lot worse Then she skipped her next one. And then the one she most recently had was like amazing. She was like, there was no problems. I was like, it's just your period giving you a report card being like, this sucks. And then it's yeah. like, oh, this is better. Yeah. All right. So the next lab we're going to go through is your Zoomer test. Uh, oh, any questions on the oat before I move forward? Nope. Good. Okay. So your next lab or uh, lab we're looking at is the Zoomer. And I'm going to mainly focus on the second page here, which has a summary of everything that was found. This is actually a very long document. And that's because there's a lot of details to it. Um, For example, your wheat Zoomer, which even just scrolling through is kind of interesting to look at. It shows all these different, like, like this is not what doctors test for when they test in a, in a, like conventional hospital setting. They usually test for like three or four markers and they're all these ones, the celiac related ones. Look how nice and green they are. Not unhappy at all, but, um, intestinal permeability panel, super high, um, which isn't specifically wheat, but wheat germ high, gliadin high, lutenin high. Um, and it's not every single marker, but it's actually, look at this. It's your IgG, not your IgA. You know what this means? When your IgG, well, actually, first off, let me ask you have, you've been eating wheat in the last three months, right? Correct. Okay. So when your IgG and IgA are different, but you've been eating wheat probably consistently, um, then what it means is your IgA immune system is suppressed, which we actually already know because it, look how your IgG is 1.6. IgG responds in the three to six month window of, of an immune response. So it's like a delayed response. IgA is in the up to three month mark. And so this is just saying, if you've been eating gluten from zero to six months, these should be all the same. They should all be elevated, but they're not. So we already know your IgA is suppressed or it's just weak. It's like, help me. I'm so tired. Um, 
And mold, again, is a huge immune suppressant. So that's why I'm still like, mm, mold. And the thing is, even if we found mold, we're going to start with H. pylori and we're going to start with C. diff because mold is such a big thing to tackle. We want your body to be able to corral against it better anyways. So, um, but that's all the dirty details. Um, when you look at specific zoomers too, it can sometimes, it'll tell you about a specific marker, like if you want to read more about this. And then it'll also have um, like foods that contain gluten or might contain gluten, foods that are naturally gluten-free, how to eliminate gluten step-by-step. Step. So there's different things, tips for dining out. All of the specific Zoomers, you, if you read through it, sometimes it'll have information that's really interesting. But I'm going to focus on what the Zoomer doesn't tell you. And this is how to interpret this summary section. So you can see here you have food results that are either IgA, IgG, or peptide level sensitivity. Anything that's IgA, IgG, this is leaky gut mediated food sensitivities, which means they are developed when you develop leaky gut. The great thing about these is you can undevelop them. Good. But the truth is that, <laughs> yeah, until you undevelop, until you undevelop these sensitivities, you can't eat them. It's not like, well, it's not as big of a deal. No, it's still a big deal. Your body, your immune system genuinely still hates these. Now, the other one that we're looking at, peptide level sensitivity, is permanent. So these are, when you break down the foods to these really specific protein pieces, really, really specific, your body doesn't like those. And you can't get rid of that. It is like your body is ingrained, doesn't like that thing. So most of your results are they the temporary food sensitivities in IgAgg, or are most of them peptide level permanent food sensitivities? I would say permanent. Yeah. So most of them that we're looking at fall under that category, which honestly, um, someone literally just asked me recently, what is the, what's, what's a most common number of food sensitivities I see on my, my testing, like minimum, you know, is it, five? Is it 10? Is it 20? I'd say I usually see closer to 10 and you have less than that. So, um, you have fewer things going on. Um, the, what there's actually, and then there's a little bit of a kind of a funny thing going on here, one with wheat and one with peanut. So let's start with peanut. Peanut doesn't have anything show up for your peptide level sensitivity. We did not do any testing for nut sensitivities for you. Like no, nothing deep, nothing permanent food. So that's like a very, it's a different type of test, but we did do a, a temporary sensitivity and it's yellow. So you're sensitive to peanut, but this is one that as far as we know, you could un, unlearn, your body could undo once you don't have leaky gut anymore. Um, we will be measuring whether or not you don't have leaky gut by starting with, do you feel good, right? When your symptoms are gone, you're on the path to having no leaky gut, but not having symptoms, usually then you want to give yourself some more time, three to six months minimum to let your gut heal more. The big thing is, is how leaky is your gut there? We don't have like, other than just slicing you open and, and looking at how broken down your, your gut lining is. The most thing we have is looking at some of these, these markers here for most people. I expect like for myself, I didn't improve like apples. It took me a year to eat apples after all my symptoms were gone. When I had like went through this big healing protocol for myself, I felt really good. But every time I ate apples, I felt pretty, pretty not good. And then about a year after I was in my good zone, 
I could eat apples again that following fall for apple pie. So um, that's something for peanut, but for wheat, what what's cut going on that. here? What do you see? Do I need to cut that cold turkey now? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no benefit to the only thing with in terms of if you keep eating it is because it sometimes can take a while practically to figure out how to like what are all your substitutes. But like in a in an ideal world, you give all your gluten containing groceries, pastries, like anything you have in your home, loaves of bread, mm -hmm. desserts, brownie mixes. Give it to a friend who can eat it. And then go and have a big grocery trip and give yourself all the things that are gluten-free brownie mixes, gluten-free, um, you know, pasta noodles. I love chickpea noodles personally and like lentil noodles. Have you seen those? I have. I was intimidated because I thought it would have that powdery. I'm so used to the smooth consistency. Sure. The, there is a difference. I'm, I haven't had a, you know, a gluten noodle in like what, five years now, um, that it feels very normal. And I prefer that over the, I, I prefer the, the like lentil or chickpea ones to texture to like the rice or corn noodles personally, on top of the fact that rice and corn can be really inflammatory for a lot of people. But, um, you only showed up having dairy, wheat, buckwheat and sorghum and teff. Nothing else showed up as far as like oats or so those are the four I need to permanently mitigate from mm -hmm. my condition. Yeah. Okay. And the, yeah. Sorghum and teff might be a little annoying because sometimes they show up in gluten-free foods. I know. I was thinking that. So that was the one thing when I looked at this, I was like, I don't get a lot of people who get sorghum and teff on their results. And so you're going to be wanting to practically think about grain-free foods more often because these will not have sorghum and teff. Grain-free, like there's... um a grain-free cracker, simple mills, that what it's called. And I, I really like them. They're great for like, if you're used to having crackers and cheese or something, almond flour crackers. Mm -hmm. it seems really familiar. Simple mills. Yeah. It's simple mills. Oh, okay. Think? I have seen those. Okay. Yeah. And like, what's great is like Costco has like and if you're a Costco shopper like me, they have like big versions of it. So they're a lot more cost effective. Um, I don't like all the flavors. Uh, I think it's rosemary and sea salt. I didn't like, but I really like their just like basic sea salt one. So you will, you will get used to it. It will become your new norm. It is sad. Yeah. Like, like there's this like, oh, and there's like a transition and the transition's harder because you're just getting used to what your brain when you start walking around, you'll see all the things you can't eat. But when you start, when you retrain your brain, you'll start to see all the things you can eat. And it's way less stressful. Um, Does it also mean, you mentioned the rice causing inflammation. I eat that a lot as well. Rice can show up. Right. Oh, rice okay, can show right. up for you. So I'm, I'm really not into like making things up. That's not there. Rice and corn. Um, There's your dairy, sir. I was like, I think I'm in the wrong one. Um, I was trying to get to your, I saw corn. Great. Here's your grain one. Yeah. Just sorghum and teff, oats, rice. This is your summary one. Okay. I will make a note. Barley and rye have gluten in them. So don't, don't eat these because oh. you scored poorly for wheat. Got it. All right. 
Well, that's a relief to know because I rice is a staple. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And even corn came out pretty good for you. So mm-hmm. great. Um, someone who as someone who doesn't eat rice and corn, yeah, it, I'm very aware of all the ways that it's annoying. Yeah. You'll be able to eat like a lot more Asian and um South American cent- central South American food. My favorite, which is why I'm- you're like, hello. Yes, yes. And it's good, <laughs> which is nice. Um, cool. Great. That is how you interpret your Zoomer tests. Any questions? Okay. I, sorry, I must have not heard you. Okay. So your last test is your HTMA test, hair tissue, and this is looking at the minerals and heavy metals in your body. I'm not going to go over every single marker in here, but I'm going to just highlight a couple. I actually want to scroll to your HTMA here. So um, you have high mercury and high barium. Uh, and, and you actually might be like, but mercury is so tiny. Um, mercury, we want at 0.02. You're at 0.06. So that's three times. That's a lot. Of, and for the body, you're like, that's that's a lot. That's a lot more than we minimally want. 0.2 even is like not great. Um, mercury, just like any heavy metal, it will push out other nutrients in the body. It's kind of like a magnet that is faced the wrong way. And instead of like pulling things in, it's like pushes stuff out. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're putting good stuff into your body, particularly minerals, it's going to, it's going to cause problems. The other thing that's really interesting when there's a mercury thing going on, um, or, or other heavy metals, but there's a lot of research specifically with mercury because of studies done with fish populations that, there's a high correlation with, uh, or like when they, when they've taken pathogens out of fish, like can uh, not candida, but, uh, parasites that are specific to fish, they will find that the mercury levels in the fish or in the, in the parasite that was in the fish is significantly higher, like hundreds of times higher than the actual fish. And then they've done some similar testing with humans, but not a ton of research, not as much as there is for fish populations and found that there's some correlation to like candida harboring heavy metals. And so there's some theories out there by functional practitioners that when there's a like a problem with pathogens, it could be a sign of heavy metals actually. And that the heavy metals might be the root cause of even the pathogens. So as you kill these pathogens, you there's a likelihood that if these pathogens like C. diff or H. pylori have um, any mercury inside them, as you kill them, it will get released. And so one of the things we're going to be doing from the get-go is starting something called the HMET binder, which you're going to see in your leaky gut protocol. If you see it. And the one thing to note is it is this HMET binder this binder or this this um, supplement will not be ordered when you order from full script. So you do have to click this link and okay. register using this this patient direct code. Okay. Um, but what that will do is it will minimize bat like die off symptoms you'll get as the pathogen dies. And if we didn't do it, you could feel a lot worse when like H. pylori is dying and C. diff, mm. especially if they have mercury in them. Okay. And then your barium's kind of high, which was interesting. See this right here? Mm-hmm. So I did some digging on barium. Let's go dig, 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 dig. And I wrote up a list of both barium symptoms and then barium sources. Mm-hmm. I want you to look through barium symptoms here. By the way, your, congratulations. You're my first person with barium. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Does any of this look familiar? I mean, they have GI dysfunction here. Muscle weakness? Yeah. I don't feel muscle weakness. I okay. feel sometimes there's like little twitches um, mm -hmm. in the muscles. And that can often be because uh, sodium or potassium is low in the, in the muscles. And it's definitely yeah. in your hair. It's not optimal. Okay. The rest um, I don't really experience. No abdominal pain. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it wasn't like a huge, like, wow, we found your problem. When I looked at this list, I wasn't like, wow, that's like you written all over it. Uh -huh. But um, I did want to look at the sources too and see if you know, maybe in the past, if you had any exposure to these or present. Yeah. I see the paint pigment. Yeah. I, I did a lot of oil painting. Oh, especially and white. I, Do you like white? Yes. Yeah. Oh. And I, I switched to non-toxic oil painting because yeah. I started diving into the toxicity levels within it. But okay. uh, I, I think that's probably it because the so, rest I don't. Unrelated to this test, you'd already just like in this, it was before you saw these results that you just thought you would switch? Yes. Wow. That's yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, like I said, it's not like ridiculously high barium, um, but that would make sense. You're not painting for a living, but it's like a hobby and it's enough exposure. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Barium's white. It's a white mineral. So they like to use it in white paint. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, mystery solved. And it sounds like you already are probably dealing with the root cause of the problem. That HMET binder will also bind any, any barium floating around. And then all the mineral support we're going to do, which we're about to talk about with your main minerals, your healthy minerals is also going to help bring this down. Your body will naturally detox it. Okay. And, and the great thing is, is anytime there's a heavy, there's a, uh, a toxicity of minerals in the body, the main, the first thing you want to do is get rid of the source. So let's just assume the source was, was white paint. Then we're assuming mm -hmm. it is fine because very, I'm like, it's not going to be in your water supply, for example. So water mm -hmm. supply might be mercury. So that is something I am recommending. You do some tap water testing to see if that is. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask if I should get um, shower filter or, and stop eating canned canned tuna. Yeah, go to right. for lunch sometimes. Yeah, that can be a thing. Canned tuna. Where is my little? I've got the little right right up on mercury. Um, you don't have any dental fillings that are metal, like uh, yeah. Um, so mercury amalgams would be the number one. That's the dental fillings that look silvery and then fish. Uh, so shark, I tuna, swordfish. Yes. Oh, okay. And it'd be the bigger ones. So, um, uh, actually one of the safest fish you could eat, which like a lot of Americans find many Americans like don't wouldn't think of as anchovies because they're so low on the totem pole. Uh, I was going to try them, but I was nervous. A lot of people love them. Like, and I think, I don't know what, I actually don't, I bet there's some like history why Americans don't like anchovies. But like every time we have, my family growing up had people from like Europe or Africa, especially Africa, they ate a lot of anchovies. And so anchovies is a good fish to consume. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it, it can, you can find it canned. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not from what I've read, not as bad for the environment in terms of like, curating mm -hmm. it and stuff. Um, there's actually different types of tuna that have lower versus higher levels of mercury, but it might just be nice just to get rid of it all altogether. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it is. It's, I, I, 
I remember looking at it when I was pregnant because sometimes when they're pregnant that you you can they'll say you can eat this type of tuna but not this like albacore versus something else and right. I just I just nixed it I was like you know it's not worth it to me mm-hmm. um this there's a link here for looking at other sources of mercury toxicity um if you wanted to check out like a, a pretty a pretty large list it's a great list but these would be two big ones for most Americans. Um, so you'll look for sources of mercury. And then one of them is you can test your tap water here with my tap score. I really do like this option because maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it was mercury that was just in the fish. Or maybe it was mercury you got exposed to in a previous home. or Something like that. So I like knowing before just like kind of blindly going for something like, like shower head filters. Um, this is a clearly watered, uh, clearly filtered water pitcher. Highly recommend. And I just found a, um, a, just found a shower filter that I really like for people. Um, so if you want to go that route, I can share that with you, but I would say maybe focus on the, just testing your tap water first. All right. All right. So that gets into your heavy metals or kind of metal toxicity we're looking at. And then we're looking at your healthy minerals and this is nutritional elements, this whole purple section. So when you look at all of these, the first to balance all of them, you actually have to balance the first four. We call them your big four and that's calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. You're in a pretty common state that I see people in. You have high calcium and high magnesium and then low sodium and low potassium. Let's talk about how this happens and what it means. So when you see high calcium and magnesium on this test, it usually does not mean that you like supplement too much calcium, right? It, what it means is you have, you have that mineral is coming out of your body and into your hair. And so it means your body's not holding on to that mineral. Now it is possible for some of these, you're getting too much exposure, but typically for calcium magnesium with the way everything else looks on here, it actually means you're, you're excreting it out of your body and not holding on. So I'm going to give you a supplement called MK seven that is going to bring that calcium down and back into your bones. Mm-hmm. I do recommend for now, don't, don't take any like multivitamins or supplements with calcium in it. Do you currently do anything that, no. you know? Okay. Cause that could make the situation worse. And, um, yeah. You're at 157 and we want you at like, trying try to remember what this is, 60, something like that. So you're more than double where we want you at. And then yeah, you the, said that today, I literally had the thought like, oh, I should up my calcium. No. And, and it's also hard. One of the reasons calcium goes up, there's a lot of reasons calcium goes up actually in hair samples like this is, but one of them is that you have low stomach acid and we need stomach acid to appropriately break calcium out of the food matrix and then use it. And if you don't, then you either poop it out or you absorb it, but it's not bioavailable. And then it ends up in like your hair or your kidneys and you'll get kidney stones. It's like weird. Like, I mean, it's not weird, but it's just, it's interesting. So um, fibromyalgia can be a problem of calcium calcifying in soft tissue because it's not bioavailable. So MK7 is going to help, um, bring it back into your teeth and bones and, and then dealing with the low stomach acid will make it long-term increased likelihood. You're going to have a better relationship with calcium. All right. And then magnesium can be high. A lot of times when there's just stress and I don't even mean psychological, but we know you don't feel great. Like you don't Mm -hmm. poop, you you're working with me. You have C. diff, you have H. pylori, 
you might have mold. Magnesium, we use for over 500 enzymatic processes, and a lot of them have to do with detoxing and 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 stress, like things that stress levels, like biochemical stress, not sleeping well, whatever it is going on, we burn through magnesium faster. So um, that's what we're seeing here. So I'm actually recommending you take magnesium because it can mean your internal cellular stores of magnesium can be low. And that can actually contribute to constipation. Um, and then sodium potassium, they're just straight up low. They are regulated by our adrenal glands through the hormone aldosterone. And when we've been stressed, kind of going after that stress thing, we'll burn through magnesium and it'll go high in the HTMA that will burn through sodium potassium first, and they'll end up going low. So if we did this test, I don't know, maybe three months ago, maybe six, maybe a year ago, when you first started feeling poorly, maybe it was five years ago, whatever, it actually would have looked reverse where the sodium and potassium would have been really high. But your body's now saying we're those our stores of sodium and potassium are really dropping because the adrenal gland's been saying, use it, use it, use it, use it. So um, we're going to give you some sodium potassium. That will be what we'll focus on. And actually, you're not so bad in a lot of everything else going on other than what we've mentioned. So we'll focus on your big four. We'll focus on the mercury and barium. And then we'll do an HTMA retest in three months and see what's changed. Cool. Um, that is it. That's your test. And we've already kind of, we've already dipped our toes into other of your other protocols you had. So we'll walk through your protocols, but a lot of them should sound pretty familiar at this time. Any yeah. questions before we move forward? You're smiling. You're not, you don't look so stressed. Are you doing okay? I'm doing great. I am actually really looking forward to starting these protocols. It's nice to have uh, clear and concise next steps mm -hmm. instead of, you know, I, I, I'm all for self-education and researching what you can find, but having you as a resource and being able to get that guidance towards knowing what's actually wrong and knowing what I actually can do about it is just so relieving. So yeah, I'm happy. Yay. I'm juggled up inside, but I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, my whole world just changed, but you're not like, should I be upping my calcium? <laughs> right. 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 Oh my exactly. gosh. I mean, I have lab tests that I literally got a lab kit myself today. I'm testing myself. I'm doing an oat test and a mycotox test. Um, nice. and, and, and it just clears up the, the chaos because even with how much I know, I can get floundery where I'm like, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. I don't know. Like sometimes it's pretty clear to me why I'm doing certain strategies, whether it's supplements or working out or detoxing. But sometimes I'm like, I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's been my life probably <laughs> up until now. So yeah. And unfortunately the medical system, that's how they, they're kind of flaily too. think about you go to a doctor's office. They look at your charts, they look at a small amount of blood work, and then they say, try this one, your vitamin D is low, try it for two months, come back, tell me if you, if, if you don't feel better. And you're like, that's super, that's super like, just like knee jerk, like, oh, I'll, I'll just try some vitamin D, that'll fix it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So cabinets full of just random vitamins that I thought would help. So yes. Yeah. Vitamins, vitamin industry is super lucrative. And I think a lot of it's the flaily part. Um, I've got a lot of supplements, but I, I, it's like herbs almost like that you cook with, maybe don't use them all at once. Like I don't need oregano every day, but when I need it, I know I need it on semi-regularly. Right. And then I use it. Mm -hmm. So, um, supplements will be a little bit like that for you. Uh, 
in this in this protocol. But all right, let's walk through this. So digestion protocol, it's gonna be the first one. And that's because I mean, other than the liver detox, which you have are already you've already integrated, you've you're already doing, mm-hmm. we want you to digest. We want your food to not be enabling bacteria to overgrow. So it's just super simple digestion GB. It's gonna help you digest your food. Some people notice a really big improvement with just starting that. Um, some people don't, but I've had some people say, wow, I'm pooping more. It's like, great. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Oh, and I, one thing I haven't, have you watched our video on the supplement boot camp? how to integrate your supplements? Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. So, so just to reinforce when you start digestion GB, you'll do one capsule three times a day. So the lowest dose of it, the max is, or the, where, where I'm trying to get you at is two capsules three times a day. So the first day, if it, everything goes well with the one capsule three times a day, the second day, you'll go to two capsules three times a day. Then you move on, you go to your leaky gut protocol. You're still taking your liver supplements. You're taking digestion GB, and then you add in these ones. Now I'm going to share with you one supplement you might really like. Do you drink any caffeine for the sake of energy? I stopped. Okay. You stopped. Okay. And you're doing okay. Energy wise. Okay. Cause it did give you a little supplement here called licorice root and it will, and just so people know, listening, I, I feel, I don't want people to go and like self try and do something random. Um, a lot of times, if you find licorice root, most products will say deglycerized licorice root. It has a totally different intent and purpose than what I'm this one right here, but this one, it, it doubles the, the half-life of cortisol. And so it makes it last longer in the body instead of where caffeine forces you to make more cortisol, this just takes what cortisol your body naturally makes. It makes it last longer. So if you, if I wanted you to get off caffeine to help your adrenal glands, but you're like, wow, I really do use caffeine for energy. I would put you on this, but since you say you feel okay, you can ignore mm-hmm. this one. Okay. Um, cause if you take it and you don't need it, you'll just like over, you'll overstimulate yourself. You won't feel great. You won't sleep mm-hmm. at night is actually what will happen. Yeah. So <laughs> All right. HMET binder, which we've already talked about two pills, uh, with breakfast and dinner for three months. This is going to bind that heavy metals and also environmental toxins. That's what the ET stands for. You'll again, order this one via this link, uh, mega mucosa and L-glutamine. These are powders. So you can mix them with water is the most common way to do it. Yogurt or smoothie, no sugar added juice. Um, one scoop, it can be with or without a meal. You can sip on it. You can down it all at once. If you, whatever you want to do. And then they're both powders. So the first day you'll do just mega mucosa. If all goes well, you'll add an L-glutamine. And then from then on, you'll just keep taking those together. And that is both helps your immune system come up, which we really want, particularly for you because your immune system is really down. It gives you literally immunoglobulins, a part of your immune system. And then it also gives you uh, nutrients to rebuild your gut lining. So we're going to start on that leaky gut which if you don't, if you only take supplements that help leaky gut, but you don't deal with pathogens or food sensitivities, you're basically breaking down your wall while you build it. So, Mm. and I say that both for you and for our listeners, um, that yeah, there are supplements out there that are intended to rebuild leaky gut, but they are useless. If you don't get a big view of what's going on in your body, mainly other sources of inflammation, like pathogens, Mm -hmm. toxins, et cetera. Cool. So your nutrient protocol, again, we still haven't gotten to your pathogen protocol because we want to increase your vitality as much as possible before we dig into killing anything. Um, we're going to do a B6 complex, B6 vitamins or not B6, 
B vitamins help us detox and it has methylated folate in it. It has B12. We just want to make sure you are as primed at the pump and we can't overdose on B vitamins. You do pee them out. It will turn your pee yellow. So more ways that your pee is going to be funny over the next so much time, but um, that's normal. So uh, B6, here's your MK7 that that uh, is going to bring your calcium in. Nice thing about this one, it's just one gel once per day. It's like the tiniest little gel. You're like super powerful, you know. <laughs> um, Mag SRT, this is magnesium. Um, are you currently taking any magnesium, like any no. forms of it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you won't have to, you know, stop taking anything else or com- be confused about that. You can just take this potassium shot. And then the last two are actually options. So you can either take a potassium shot, which is just a homemade mixture of a teaspoon of cream of tartar, some water or lemon juice, and then salt. And you'll mix it real fast and drink it. It's like literally like a shot because it's just like, it doesn't taste great. You're not going to sip on it. You're just going to down it. Um, You're going to do that two times per day, or you can get, if you don't want to like taste it, you're like, that doesn't drive with me. You can do something called the adrenal cocktail and it's six capsules once per day. Okay. So just just pick one of those and you can try it out and see what ones you like. And then I did give you some, um, some extra documentation for food support for minerals and a potassium broth recipe and potassium smoothie recipe. Um, if you have any foods you're sensitive to it and them, just take them out. But I think you should actually be pretty good. A lot of these are like potatoes and celery and things like that. You don't have to do these, but our bodies best absorb potassium through food. And these are pretty high potassium, um, would those be an addition to the potassium shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Potassium is really, really hard to get back. It takes forever to get back up in the body. You are not going to overdose on potassium. Now, you're, you don't have the worst potassium status that I've seen. A lot of people come in, you're at a three. A lot of people come in at a one. But um, it's it it takes forever even with that. So, all right. Now, once you've integrated all those things, you'll get to the H. pylori protocol. The this is the the pathogen protocols we have the most finesse to them. So there's something called DGL plus that's gonna sometimes when you kill H. pylori, it'll give you like acid reflux or like make you feel like yeah you get some acid reflux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So DGL plus has a combination of things in it that help soothe the esophagus and the stomach lining, and so it's like you can even I mean. People will take it even before they start um, killing H. pylori and they really like it. Um, so if that's a problem you have going on, it's uh, this does have actually deglycerized licorice root in it and uh, like uh, aloe vera and mastic gum, just a bunch of great stuff. Then biocidin, this is the first thing that's going to start killing things. Biocidin and oliverics, these are both supplements that are going to break up something called the biofilm. Have you ever heard of biofilm before? I have great. So biofilm, um, do you want to, do you want to try and tell me what it is? Or you want me to just no, you go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's I like mean, a thick film. That's for me, it's like the oral yeah. thick film in the oral. Mm-hmm. And that's where most of us are going to be familiar with it is if you eat something really sweet and then you get this thick, like hard film on your teeth, because usually it doesn't build up too, too fast, but eating sweet carby foods will make it the bacteria create it faster. And it's literally like castle walls trying to say, I don't want to be like slurped away by your tongue, but yeah, 
And then, but we can scratch it off with our fingers because that's definitely powerful enough or like with our um, toothbrushes, but we can't toothbrush our gut lining. And so biofilm, the biocidin and oliveric start breaking that down. And the dental cidin I gave you has a lot of the same components in it. And that's why it can balance the oral microbiome because it can break down some like strongholds that the bacteria might have. Yeah. I feel Um, like this is going to be really helpful because that's where I have like a big issue too. Yeah. Every time I brush my teeth, it's just (laughs) like I never did. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's because of our microbiome in our, in our stomach can come up into our mouth and, and change alter stuff. So it's going to get better. So this one's drops. You can, you can go as fast or as slow as you want. The slowest way would be one drop, increase it every day from one to 10. So that'd take 10 days. Um, or you could go two, four, six, eight, or, um, five to 10, if you want to go that way. And then if if you go five and then 10, you're like, well, that was way too fast. Just start back at the bottom and slowly go up again. And then once you have biocidin in, start Olivirex. And once you've done that, you'll start Matula tea. Now Matula tea also, you don't order from Fullscript. It's a tea box that you order from this link here. And um, you're going to want to order two if you have someone that you kiss, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse um, thing going on. Is there anybody that you... Yeah, I do. I do live with my partner. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so would that be for him and myself, or would it be? Yeah, just so for he'll me? he'll do one box and you'll do one box because H. pylori is swappable via spit, like real easy, and so it's not a big of a concern for like, oh, we shared a glass, or like I kiss kiss my mom on the cheek or something, or if you have a, mm-hmm. a nephew or something who like mm-hmm. likes to slobber on you, you know, yeah. kids do funny things, and so but it'd be really you want to make sure that if you took Matila tea that you don't give, go and then kiss him and he gives it right back to you. Cause most likely if you have it, he's going to have it. Got it. Okay. So, um, most of the time it's fine. Sometimes the spouses have like a rampant H pylori problem going on. Then when they take this, that these tea bags, they'll be like, I feel horrible. I get a headache when I take it. Or my acid reflux gets really bad. Do you know if he has any like GI stuff? He's like acid reflux, bloating, mm-hmm. anything. No, but after telling him about this, he's like, I'm going to do this too. Oh, so great. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to do exactly what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything he shouldn't do. Uh, I mean, the liver <laughs> protocol he could totally do. Yeah. And he, if you, if you wanted to, you could do the biocidin and the oliverics with the Matula tea, but, um, but the, but just the Matula tea, especially if the partner is, is very healthy and robust, like their body's different than yours and they mm-hmm. might have fewer things like impeding yeah. them. And usually their immune system works well enough with just the Matula tea. And then the last thing here is GI detox. This is a binder and it's to use if you do get die-off symptoms. Did you watch my video on die-off symptoms? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Sweet. So yeah, if you feel worse, it'd be any, anything like any of your, any of your symptoms that you already have, or maybe any of the symptoms of H. pylori, any of the symptoms of C. diff, then you can take this. And you do want to take GI detox one to two hours away from other supplements and medications. You can take it either preventatively or as needed. Like if you are noticing you have worse symptoms um, and then up to two capsules, two times a day. That's a just in case one. Yeah. Just in case. I always recommend buying a bottle. Some people end up using it every day for the whole time that they do H. pylori protocol. Some people end up doing it three times but then it's super helpful. Like I had a client, one of my favorite stories, she said she started H. pylori protocol. No, she was about a weekend. She didn't have any problems. And then one day she got a headache 
and she was about to take ibuprofen and then remembered what we talked about with the symptoms and she said I'll heck I'll try the GI detox and this and the headache was gone in like 30 minutes and she was like she didn't even she she was like so surprised like it really worked and it just really <laughs> shows you like we don't we get these symptoms that feel so disconnected from something else in our body and there's a chance you could take the GI detox and the headache doesn't go away but I would start with that first okay and headache is just being an example and then once you have started the H. pylori protocol, if you feel really gross on the H. pylori protocol, just hang on, just do it. It's a month long protocol and just wait for it to be done so that your body gets stronger. But if you're feeling okay, you're like on it and you're like, you know, this doesn't feel too intense. I think it's fine. You could do C. diff at the same time. And the nice thing, if you're able to do at, and there's, there's no rush, there's no rush, but if you are able to do it at the same time, um, biocidin and oliverics is something else you take with C. diff. So you wouldn't have to like double up. You could just add in like the last supplement, which is Saccharomyces boulardii. Would I, okay. So I wouldn't double mm -hmm. both for H. pylori yeah. and C. diff. It's yeah. just yeah. take what it is and then yeah. add. Okay. Yeah. But if you do H. pylori and I'll see you again before, like we'll have another coaching call before you need to make this decision. But if you do um, take like H. pylori, you have to do it on your own because you're like, wow, I do feel pretty crummy. I can, I'm definitely getting die off from this. You finish the month out. When you start the protocol for C. diff, you keep taking biocide and oliverics. Okay. Yeah. So, and then GI detox is listed again, uh, just as a backup for it. Did you watch these videos? Were were they helpful if you watched it? No, they were great. Yes. Okay. So you're actually, you're probably bored. I recently added those in. Maybe I was like, quiz, what does the video say? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wouldn't even be able to. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I only say that because it's, it took me a while to memorize all this too. Now I could probably say it in my sleep, but I'm going to definitely rewatch them as well. Now that I have the yeah. information, the personalized information. Yes. And that's mm -hmm. another benefit for all the videos is like, I'm going to rewatch that. All yeah. right. So the last thing is the post-H pylori protocol. So you won't even start this until you're done with Matula T. So I will see you again. But the big thing is, is it's two supplements. We're going to use hydrochloric acid and zinc to rebuild your zinc stores and make sure your stomach acid's up to par after H. pylori. But we have to wait till it's gone. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. So that's it. Um, when we reconnect on our coaching calls, we'll talk about how things are going, any questions you have, snags, anything. We, If you're like, wow, I tried to integrate this supplement. It did not work. We can try and find an alternative or discuss why that might have happened. Um, so just keep track of how things are going and questions you have. And if you definitely get any like tech problems, like a supplements back order, just email us. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. So do I start with just so I know some, cause I was like, I saw all the supplements recommended. I was like, do I order all of these? So do I start with digestion protocol and we step protocol together? And that's for three months. Like what's the time frame for me to. Yeah. You, you integrate them day after day. So oh. digestion protocol, it's one supplement that digestion GB, as soon as it's integrated the next day, or like as soon as it's fully integrated the next day, go to leaky gut. Leaky gut's like what? Four, four supplements. Oh, three, one, two, three. Once all these are integrated and you only do them one at a time, you know, once they're all integrated, you get to L-glutamine and you're good. Then you Next day, you go to start adding in supplements from the nutrient protocol. Okay. And you and then, do these one supplement at a time, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And then you 
can go back. So no, it's like, do I wait this. for the H pylori or do I do the same thing? Like add it in the next You add it in. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So you slowly build from like 10 drops. It'd be, you know, one drop, three times a day, two drops, three times a day. Remember how I said you could increase it at, at really slow or, or really fast mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with the drops for biocidin. But once you're okay. at 10 drops, three times a day, the next day you take all your other supplements you've been taking, and then you add in all of your X at one capsule, three times a day. If that goes great, the next day you do all your other supplements and you do two capsules, three times a day of all of your X. If that goes okay. great, then the next day you do all your other supplements, including biocide and olivarix, and you do Matula tea. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if I did one protocol for one month completely. And then move on no. to the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's all nope. together. Okay. Yeah. The Some of these differences have... if I, I want to do the C diff protocol together with the H pylori. Yeah. It depends okay. on how you're feeling. Got it. We don't want you feeling in the pits. It doesn't yeah. really work for us. Um some people are like, bring on the pain. I'm like, there's a certain amount of discomfort that is is normal and okay. And we do want to like, let you kind of push through it. And, and we want to moderate it with binders and detox and, you know, liver protocols and coffee enemas and stuff. But, um, there's some pain, you know, we, you like almost can't avoid fully, but then you get over it. Like you literally it goes away because the pathogen goes away, but there's a certain amount where it you're, it's your body saying, this is too much. Like I can't, we literally like can't detox as much, you know, as, as what's being thrown at you. And that's when you start feeling really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody has a different amount. That is their like too much amount. That's why I don't know. Right. And, um, yeah, in our, in our upcoming future, like our three month follow-up coaching call, we will discuss, uh, ordering your, your second HTMA lab. And if we'll order the oat or the mycotox and it, it's a really great time. Cause we'll reconnect and say, wow, what are your symptoms like? You know, you might not improve that much the first month. You might improve a ton, but usually by the third month, stuff is happening. I had mm-hmm. someone's three month follow up today, and I, she had fifty percent to like eighty percent improvement in all of her mer- in all of her like top five, wow. you know, symptoms. Yeah, so it's, it's good, cool. Well, T, uh, T, thank you so much for allowing us to share your call with our with other people on the podcast. They can get a sense of what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to stop this recording and then just book some of your coaching calls. But I don't know. Is there anything you'd want to say to people? You're, you're like, you say anything. I don't know. I, I guess like if you can do this, I would go for it. Just, I put it off for a very long time and I don't regret that, but I wish I did start sooner than later, but I'm happy that I'm able to do it now and get the help that I know that is going to really push me towards a better me. So good. And I'm excited to get to do it with you. Well, thanks so much, T. We're going to stop this recording. Say bye-bye. Bye. Hey, friend. I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, it's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. 
And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the Better Belly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you in there. Catch you guys next week.